0: Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, it's Friday night, Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is my buddy James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, James, man, this is episode 98. We're creeping on triple digits here, buddy. Uh, So for tonight, we're going to do Name That Stadium first off, like we always do. Then we're going to hit the news from this past week. After that, we're going to do our, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, super early 2022 NFL team record predictions. uh, And then we'll close things off with question of the week. And so with all that being said, how's it going tonight, James?
1: It's going good. How's it going with you?
0: It's good, man. It's good. I tell you, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier before the show, I switched laptops this week. And so that's been a little bit of a process, but I got everything going here. Uh, we're using the old one tonight to make the show work. And, um, uh, you know, I found a way to get all my ranking or my, my, well, I started off with like a power ranking and then got into my record predictions. And so made it all happen, man. I'm, I'm feeling good about it.
1: Yeah. I, I tell you, I was surprised with some of the things on when I did my uh, records. I, certain teams I thought, would do better certain teams i was like holy shit what the fuck
0: oh yeah i mean that happens every year and you know it's it's i mean we'll we'll talk about it a lot tonight but it's like yeah sometimes you look at the schedule and you're like wow this team's got a freaking brutal schedule or you're like holy cow that team's got like a easy freaking schedule and it's like you know so yeah it, it can totally skew things and uh, I mean, we, you, you covered it pretty good a couple of weeks ago with the strength of schedule and then, you know, it can be deceiving because you got, you know, different time zones and, you know, travel miles and all these different factors that are, it's really hard to put them all in to like one kind of, you know, formula to figure it out. But um, no, dude, it's cool. And it, it's obviously way early. And so I'm sure as we get closer to the season, we're going to fine tune things and we're going to see where it goes. But uh, I, I like I like what I came up with so far. I'm sure you and I will be aligned on some things, and we'll be kind of far off on other things, just because that's that's the nature of the
1: beast. Oh, I think I I'm not certain how aligned we're we're going to be looking at <laughs> what I came up with. It's it's mind blowing how how bad I have some teams this. Oh, gotcha. This year.
0: Okay. Um, all right. Well, yeah. All right. Well, see, save it for when we get there, because I want to talk about methodology, how you came up with everything and, you know, what kind of adjustments you might have made or whatever as you went back and fine tuned your predictions. But we'll talk about that in a little bit, man. Let's move it over. Let's do name that stadium. And so, uh, you know, for anybody who's watching, this is the part of the show where, as you can see, James is out there traveling the country uh, every week. He's got a different stadium in his background. Uh, we're just asking if you think you know what stadium that is, hit us up in our comments section. First person to get the right answer, will get a special shout out next week's show. Uh, and so, James, where were you at last week, man?
1: Last week, I was in Dallas, and I was I picked Dallas last week because looking at the schedule, I thought they had one of the easiest, like it lined up perfectly for them. On how, like, they kind of started out with a couple hard teams, but they had a fairly easy schedule so I, I went with dallas
0: gotcha okay yeah so yeah a little bit of rhyme to the reason so to speak and so yeah that's good stuff uh okay cool well let's um let's move over and do our recap of the past week and so james the uh first thing i got just i saw it today i think it just happened today uh david and joku tight end for the cleveland browns he signed a four-year 56.75 million dollar extension uh, which makes him the fourth highest paid tight end on an annual basis it's crazy man these contracts they get bigger and bigger and bigger and you know in joku when he came out tons of potential and i think the potential always been there we've seen kind of some of the flashes but to put him at top four for pay I don't know that he's necessarily earned it yet. I hate saying it that way, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I hope he proves it because, like I said, all the talent's there. We've seen the flashes from this guy. It just seems like it's been so streaky and inconsistent throughout his career. Let's see if he can put it all together now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I saw the number on it, and I was I my initial thought was, "What the fuck? What has he shown to <laughs> to get to get what is that 56? 50- it- Fifty-seven million dollars over four years.
0: It's like fourteen and change a year.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like what is what has he shown to get fourteen million dollars a year? Like he he has like no stats whatsoever. He's every year it's a, it's either a bust. A couple years what like that, wasn't he hurt for like half the season like two yep. years ago? And it's just like what. What are they thinking?
0: I don't, you know, I mean, I think they're they're paying for the potential. You know, he's a dual threat kind of guy where he can block, he can catch. Uh, and I think maybe with Deshaun Watson coming into town, they're thinking they're going to make some freaking sweet magic or sweet music or whatever. But it's, um, it's a bit of a gamble, man. Now, you know, four years, not the end of the world if it doesn't work out. You know, like I didn't see the guaranteed money, but you know they say usually you can get two years into that and cut them if it's not working. But um, it's high, and and I think that part of it too is that you know we saw like what happened in the wide receiver market this year. These you know uh, annual pay levels are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I think teams are expecting the salary cap to keep going up and up and up. And so it's mm-hmm. almost like in time, maybe this deal doesn't look that egregious, but like right now there's a little bit of shell shock, I think, you know?
1: Yeah, and like the fuck up thing is like isn't like one of the ones that are paid one of the tight ends that get more than him per year, isn't Taysom Hill get like get like seventeen million a year or something? Oh, like
0: that? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess if they're saying he's fully tight end now, then yeah, you know, it's um He's one of the higher ups. See, Taysom Hill's tough because of the gadget role he's played all these years. You know, you can you can argue he's had more value on the field overall. Uh, but if they play him exclusively at tight end this year, definitely got to reevaluate that with him.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, well, looking at it, apparently last year he was fourth and among tight ends in yards per target and first in yards per catch. Tied for first in yards per catch. Gotcha. So, I mean, that's not that bad, but, I mean, they only targeted them 88 times last year. No, that was, sorry, that was 2018. 100, 148 receptions in five seasons. Last year, yeah. 36 so 30 years 36, 475 yards, and four touchdowns.
0: Yeah, it's it's what else he brings to the game that makes it worth it, you know, because they, they put him in at running back. They put him in at quarterback. He does some special team stuff. You know, he's getting it all around.
1: Yeah, and it's about half of it's guaranteed. So you're right, about two years.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Well, yeah. So let's just keep it going here. I saw, you know, OTAs have been kicking off and, you know, there's been the the news about guys like Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, not at OTAs. And, you know, um, I don't know, man. I, I think it's no surprise. You know, every year there's a handful of these big name guys that don't go to OTAs. And, you know, I think in Lamar's case, he's waiting for a new deal. So why would he go and risk getting injured? Uh, I think with Rodgers, you know, you make the argument that it's like, hey, man, you got like basically an entirely new wide receiver room. You know, it might be good to get in there and build some chemistry with these guys. But, you know, it's Rodgers. I'm sure he'll pick it up quick with these guys anyhow. Uh, And and then either way, it's just it's freaking Rodgers. So whatever, you know.
1: Yeah, fuck. Last year he didn't go to OTAs and he won the MVP. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying. You know, he he's a uh, well-seasoned veteran. You know, if he doesn't think he needs to go to OTAs, so be it. They're not mandatory for a reason, right? So.
1: Yeah. Exactly. All
0: right. So keeping it plugging along here, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers they announced that they've hired Omar Khan to be their new GM. Uh, replacing Kevin Colbert, who was there forever and uh, always did a solid job filling in that roster. Uh, Khan, uh, he's a hire from within. And the article I read talked a lot about how supposedly he had been groomed for years behind Colbert to eventually get this promotion. And so uh, I like reading that. Um, you know, I think it's good when a team can develop people from within. Um, you know, just in general, I think businesses, you, you know, there's reasons to go outside and then there's reasons to go from within, you know, it it sets a good message to people that it's like, Hey, you know, if you put in your time, there's room for promotion. There's a path, there's all those nice things. And hopefully this guy's ready to take those reins, man.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the same thing Baltimore did when they moved, when, uh, yeah, Ozzie Newsome retired, Ozzie Newsome retired and, uh, What's his face? DaCosta, is it?
0: Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I want to say it's Eric DaCosta. Da Eric DaCosta. Yeah. I, I want to say I was. I wanted to look it up. I mean, and DaCosta, da yep, Eric DaCosta. I was right. And I mean, DaCosta proved that it, it worked if you teach them, especially when you have somebody there as long as uh, you just Ozzie. Have to get, uh, Well, no, Ozzy, but in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, Kevin Colbert, yeah. Kevin Colbert. Sorry, I just drew a blank. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck was wrong with me. But you have somebody there as long, as long as him and you're grooming the guy to take over for you, you're keeping that organizational culture and and you know, he's he's already involved in in the draft text and already involved in in every, everything. So he just gets gets to know, so you don't have to have a real transition when when you have somebody from from within, when you have bring somebody from from outside you have to kind of transition and everyone gets used to his style and whatever. And there could be, it could be a gap there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. By doing it from within, it's like you're getting to build off of what was already there, bringing in a new guy sometimes. Yeah. You're, you're starting fresh, which can have some growing pains potentially. Mhm. All right, man. So uh, next up, News that I don't really care to report, but I'm going to do it anyhow because it's just part of the game here. Uh Colin Kaepernick, he worked out for the Raiders the other day. Uh There's no deal imminent. Uh Josh McDaniels, like, basically has said he doesn't even want to talk about the workout. Uh, but obviously it has to be mentioned because it's Kaepernick and it's, you know, all over the frickin' news. Uh The dude played last, I think, 2017. So, I mean, it's 16. 16, 16. Thank you. So it's been a long time, you know, it's, um, I don't know, man. I mean, to me, it seems like the the window has closed. When you're out of the league for that long, I'm just hard-pressed to think he could get back into it at this stage of the game. But, you know, all it takes is one team giving him a shot, whether it's as a backup or whatever else, I don't think he could come in and be a starter, uh, you know, so who knows? So we'll see. And then, you know, we talked a little while back about the Antonio Brown part of this, you know, saying, Hey, this guy's just trying to stay in the spotlight or whatever it was you were telling mm-hmm. me. And, you know, so another team gave of a workout. So who knows?
1: So if you kind of, kind of go, go back on it, it's a little bit in depth, like in 2000, I want to say it was 2018 or 2019 uh, Mark Davis had said, you know, if the coaches GM want to bring him in, that's fine, whatever, or, you know, sign him, you know, he'd support it. And also, if you look at the Raiders' backup quarterback currently, which is Jared Stidham... Yeah. I mean, it It would make sense. I think even being out of the league for six years and out of football for six years, that J- Kaepernick would be better than Jared Stidham. And, you know, Kaepernick kind of fucked up because when he was kind of blackballed from the league, he should have gone and tried to play in the CFL to keep his skills up. And instead, he's just kind of been doing who knows what
0: yeah who knows how much rust he's got on him at this point you know it, it's you're taking a gamble for a guy being away that long
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah and i don't know stidham you know wasn't he a patriots pick you know so mcdaniel's probably familiar with him knows the guy knows his system and
1: I you know i thought was he patriots for some reason i thought he was
0: eh, maybe i'm mixing him up with somebody
1: new york New York Giants. Yeah, let's just take a look real quick, cause now I'm curious. <laughs> uh, how the hell do you spell his name? <clears throat> let's
0: see. Yeah, no, I'm showing him, him in a Patriots uniform. Um, yeah, selected by New England in the fourth round of 2019. Um, yeah, and I, I can't. I I, I want to say I remember that that when he when he was brought in, I mean, it was like a McDaniels thing. The guy knows and knows the playbook. It kind of made sense, but yeah, you could get a higher end backup than him for sure. And I I think you could get a higher end backup than him. That's not Colin Kaepernick. It's just a matter of, you know, really, who do you want and going out and getting the guy, you know, there's a lot of good backups floating around out there, man.
1: Yeah. They're they're, there. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, fricking, um, what's his face. Um, that uh, took the the Vikings deep in the playoffs. You know who I'm talking oh. about. He just got oh. traded to uh, what was it, Washington or whatever, to be their backup.
1: Case Keenum.
0: Or yeah, yeah, Keenum. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, you know, but the thing, the thing with Kaepernick, and and this is okay. The NFL is a business. Yep. If the Raiders were to sign him, with how how much the Raiders fandom is. And then you add Kaepernick on top of that, his Jersey would become probably one of, if not the highest selling. I I gotcha. It'd it'd be a money thing. Yeah. It'd be a money graph. And that's how I would look at it.
0: Yeah. I gotcha. Can't forget the, uh, the business side. Got to make a buck. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So then the last thing I got here, James is talking about Michael Thomas in new Orleans uh, head coach Dennis Allen came out said he's not quite ready uh, to play yet, which is a concern, seeing as how he missed all of last year and a good portion of the season before. Um, and, and you might remember there was like that whole debate over, you know, if or when he was going to get surgery and he didn't want to get surgery and then he needed to have the surgery. And, you know, this is just like turning into a forever thing for a guy that's making like freaking huge money as a wide receiver um you know it it bothers me a little bit I want to see the guy play I'm sure it bothers the team and all I can say is it's good that they went out and drafted uh you know Chris Olave however you say his name from Ohio State and then they also brought in Jarvis Landry you know so they got a little bit of insurance on this guy which they didn't really have there last year uh but crap, man. For the money this guy's getting paid, man, he's got to get his ass on the field, man.
1: Yeah, he, he <clears throat> does. And the thing of it is, is last year, like, basically from what I understood about the whole surgery, non-surgery thing, was at the end of the season they knew he needed two procedures. He just took some time off and then had a, had the surgery late. And that... I, just, I mean, hey... A good way to collect a paycheck and not do shit if you're unhappy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. That, it, I don't know, dude. It, I hate thinking that way, but it's hard to not think that way. Because it's like, geez, man, you know? I mean, if you really wanted to be on the field, you would have been Johnny on the spot with this stuff. But then again, I'm not walking in his shoes, you know? If I had an injury, and who knows? Maybe he had different doctors telling him different things. And so, you know, it's always more complicated than what we know so
1: yeah exactly
0: um yeah so that's all i've got man anything else from the news that you want to hit that i missed
1: so the one thing and i think it's a good thing the nfl kind of um modified the interview interviewing procedures for head coaching candidates okay and now it can't be to After the end of wildcard weekend, I, from what I understand before, they could do it, have done it at any time prior to that, as long as they got permission, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But now they're waiting. They're saying, no, you can't do it till the end, until after wildcard weekend. Because there are coaches that, that are assistant coaches that like, you know, make the wildcard. And by the time, by the time they're, they're available to be interviewed because some of these coaches have been been out for at the end of the regular season. That week is is vital, and yep. given that extra week, so you're kind of putting everybody on more of an even playing field. I honestly, in my opinion, I don't think that they should be able to interview until after the conclusion of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it's tough, man, because you're missing a lot of time to try and get these guys in and talk about who they're looking to draft or getting free agency. And so I, I understand the urgency to get a guy in as soon as possible. But I'm with you that I think if you really want to have an even playing field and you want to make sure that you're not fucking with the quality of the playoffs, you just make it the rule. Nobody can interview until after the Super Bowl is done. And then it's like, okay, go fucking crazy. You know, I'd, I'd be all for that, man. Because you know what's going to happen is you're going to get some hotshot coordinator to go interviewing, and then they're going to lose in the playoffs because the dude didn't have his eye on the ball, and it's going to be like, ah, oh, fucking A, man. Like, it's going to
1: – it could
0: taint things. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, and and the thing that I think about is the whole McDaniels situation with Indianapolis and how – Yeah, he like, reneged on him. Yeah, it was like – like for like th- two or three weeks, it was certain that he was he was going to be their their coach. He told them they were going to coach. They made the Super Bowl, whatever. And then like the day of the press conference, he called him and said, "Nope, I'm not coming." Yeah. And, he like,
0: uh, and hey, you know, it worked out for Frank Reich, at least so far. But uh, it was a dick move, big time, man. And honestly, I'm surprised that he keeps getting looks as as a head coach and that even now the Raiders have hired him as head coach. It's like, geez, man, this guy is – I don't know, man. He didn't do anything in Denver when he was there. And so it's like I just – I wouldn't touch him with the 10-foot pole. But, you know, hey. I mean, it it makes sense for the Raiders, you know. Can he take Carr to that next level? If anybody can do it, it's probably him. But I don't know, so.
1: Well, see, the thing with Carr is Carr is – he was right there at that next level uh, three years ago. Yeah. When he got when he got hurt, he like he would have been the fucking MVP that year. And then he blew out his knee or did whatever happened to him. He got hurt and and that like missed the last four games of the season. And he just hasn't been the same since then. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know. I mean, my big knock on him is. <laughs> like this past year is a great example, lots of yards, you know, good completion percentage, all that stuff, but he doesn't get the ball in the end zone enough. And that's an issue. It's like, you know, we had that problem with Stafford for a lot of years where it was like, okay, great. Early in your career, you had like one blow up season. And then it was like surrounded by 4,000 yards every year, but with like 20 something touchdowns, it's like when you look at the real good passers, you know, like, and I mean, you know, you can't compare them to these elite guys, but it's hard not to. It's like you look at, you know, a guy like Rodgers or Drew Brees or whoever, and it's like, if they're throwing for 4,000 yards, they're probably they're going to have like 35 plus touchdowns. You know, it's like, but Stafford was always like so far below that. It's like, if you can't finish it and get it in the end zone, it really means nothing, you know, and so that's my knock on car. He, he's got good stats minus the touchdowns, and so hopefully that's something he works on with McDaniels.
1: Yeah, hope hopefully, and you know McDaniels' offense seems to be pretty good at that. So.
0: Yeah, and I mean he's got Devontae Adams now, so I mean that's you know the the biggest talent he's had in his career.
1: Yeah, and I mean he already has the chemistry with Adams because of the um, time at Fresno State.
0: Yeah, Fresno
1: State. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I. I hesitated because I was I started to think maybe that was his brother that went to Fresno State.
0: no, I'm pretty sure it was him. you got it right
1: yeah where did his brother went to some small school too
0: like that yeah, I can't remember where David went, but that's all right you can you can look it up
1: yeah, I was and he went David went to Fresno State. So did both of them go to Fresno State? Well, let's just check it out. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, they both went to Fresno. Fresno State. Yeah. So that's why I was hesitating and thinking David went to Fresno State, because he did. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: Uh, All right. What else you got for news? Uh, That was about it. Okay. Well, dude, let's... Let's get to it, James. Let's do our super early 2022 NFL team record predictions. Uh, I think last year we did it by division. And so, you know, we could start that way, top down. And then when we're done, we can move on, talk about our playoff predictions and take it from there. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So let's see. Pulling up my sheet here starting off with the AFC East James why don't you give me your predictions
1: so i only have one team above 500 in the AFC East no shit yeah and that's buffalo i have them at 15 and 2 okay um i just i, lo- I like how buffalo's schedule line li- lines up kind of looking at the teams that that they play I mean, they have a couple hard teams, but but I think Buffalo, with what they did in the, this this past offseason, last year they were an 11 win team, and they probably should have won more than that. And I just I don't see I struggle to find losses on their schedule. Yeah. Because just how how fucking good they are, and um, yeah, you could say okay, well, what about the Rams? I think they're going to beat the Rams on opening night. I think the Rams are going to be a little distracted. I'm with um, you too on that. Yeah. And like I have them losing. Well, the last game of the season because they they sit everybody because they already have the bye wrapped up and another game in there. I just I love. I I fell in love with Buffalo and what they were building there two years ago, and it just keeps growing. OK. On that. Then I have Miami. Miami is close. It's just below 500. I have them at eight and nine. Miami is supposed to be a good team this year, but they have a hard fucking schedule for them. I don't think they're they're ready for this le- this schedule. Um, I mean, they start out with they start out basically with Vegas and Kansas City. Nope. Never mind. My they start out with New England, but then they have Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and then later in the year they have Chargers, Buffalo, Green Bay. like yeah, Chargers, Buffalo, Green Bay. It's like it's it's a hard schedule for them. Yeah. And it didn't didn't line up quite that nice for them. So I have them at eight and nine. Okay. I think this off season New England took took steps back from last year. I thought they overachieved last year, and with taking steps back, I have them at seven and ten. Gotcha. Um, they they two they start off with kind of kind of a rough schedule. Um, a little bit. They have you know they're at Miami, which they never do good at, at Miami. Uh, they're at Pittsburgh and then and then they then Baltimore Green Bay. So I have them starting out 1 and 4. Okay. And then I mean their one win is Detroit, but <laughs> I mean they play Indianapolis, they they play Arizona, they play Vegas, they play Cincinnati. It's it's just a hard schedule for them. Okay. And then at the bottom of the AFC East, I have the New York Jets. And I have them at Two and five. Two and 15? Shit. Two and 15. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. And, and this is like, I mean, they start off with a fucking brutal schedule. Yeah. Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Miami, Green Bay, Denver. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. It, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a rough start for them
1: big time. I mean, it's like, what the fuck? The league could have done them some favors with the schedule. But, yeah, I have them at 2-15.
0: Okay. Uh, so, yeah, all right. We're already, I would say, we're seeing some similarities and some differences right here in the first division. So, uh, I had Buffalo at 14-3. and three. I agree with you. It's hard to find losses on their schedule. And I think with the way the year ended in the playoffs with them, Josh Allen's going to come back with a vengeance, and as long as he stays healthy, I actually think they can beat 14 and 3 and have a better record than that. Uh, it's just tough. It's tough like saying, oh, they're going to go, you know, 17 and 0 or whatever. It's uh, so 14 and 3 for them. Uh, I got the Patriots second there at 11 and 6. And James, I don't know what it is, man, but I just I feel like I can never count out Belichick. Uh, it may be a little bit high, especially compared to what you're doing with them. but I'm rolling with it i think I think a lot of this is dependent on Mac Jones developing as a passer uh you know they brought in um Parker Parker's going to help him um you know it's it's just Belichick man they spent big the other year in free agency this offseason, I agree with you has been underwhelming, but I think it's really a continuation of what was set. In motion the year before and so that's where i'm giving them kind of that benefit of the doubt uh, miami i put it 10 and 7 and this was a tough one for me uh i scrutinized it a lot and i just feel like they've got a solid roster we saw how well they played with flores uh you know it was it was dicey that the second year with him where it was horrible to start and then amazing at the finish but I believe the Dolphins, especially after this offseason, have a really solid roster, and I think their new head coach is going to do a good job putting Tua in position to win. They're going to run the ball a lot, they're going to play good defense, Uh, and then when Tua's got to throw it, they're going to set him up with good play-action passes, and he's got some serious weapons in Miami, and so... When they came out to 10 and seven in my schedule, in my predictions here, you know, I poked at it a little bit, but I left it because I, I really kind of thought, okay, it could happen. We'll see. Uh, and then in, in the last spot, I got the Jets at four and 13. Um, yeah, James, man, it sucks. I wanted to find these guys more wins, but I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Uh, you know, maybe as the season gets closer, there'll be some more reason for optimism with them. Because, I mean, we talked about it. They had a phenomenal draft. You know, I think that this team is moving in the right direction. It just is like they're so far off that they've got a lot of work to do uh, before they really dig themselves out of the hole. And a lot of it's going to hinge on Zach Wilson. If he progresses nicely this year, well, then we can say, yeah, I mean, you know, they could easily get some more wins because, I mean, shit, they had like two of the big upsets last year you know like this team can randomly pop and so um so we'll see what happens there but i you know looking at it right now it was hard to come up with something um and you know before we move on james let's just talk about methodology for a minute because that's something i wanted to um go through with you so like when i put this together i started off basically by doing uh like a power rankings and and then I went in and based on my power rankings, um, I went to like different sources like lineups and PFF and, you know, all these different places. And I tried to grade each team, you know, looking at their roster today. You know, who do I think has the strongest roster? Who do I think has the weakest? And then kind of making sure that it jived with my power rankings. And then from there, I tried to do just a, a very simple home versus away you know if you're playing on the road we're going to ding you a little bit versus if you're at home and and then when I went through I looked at the schedule game by game and just compared and picked out that way when it was all said and done I went back through with the fine-tooth comb and I did some of the things like you were saying okay these guys week 18 probably resting some starters so you know drop a win there uh, these guys okay coming off a bye here maybe they get a win there you know, like stuff like that. And so what was um, what was your methodology for how you did it, man?
1: So I started with the part with the power ranking like you did. And then I went through kind of game by game and did a quick gut check on where I felt who I felt would win that game. Then I went back through it and took looked at the situations between the game, like, you know, the way is is the team Flying back from London that week, are they flying? Are they in London? Well, this team does good in London. (laughs) Stuff like shit like that, and kind of tweaked my wins, wins losses based on the the situation behind the game and the all those other external factors. And then, then I went and looked at it and was like, okay, so I have this team here, and well, this team has it locked up. This team, like, like for instance, we'll get, we'll we'll get get to it in a minute but like i have the like the we'll we'll get to it like the cincinnati and the chargers i have them vying vying for a seed there okay so they're gonna they're gonna play their players or buffalo like buffalo i had buffalo had it already locked up um going into number one seed locked up so they're not going to play their players and just looked at like the last week of the season to tweak, tweak it to see how how I thought the season was gonna progress and if the team would buckle under the pressure or if they would would excel under the pressure, stuff like that.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's um it's good going deep on that. And then, you know, like even even team specific like you're saying, um, you know, I built in with Cleveland, for example. <laughs> that I was expecting a six game suspension for Watson and that factored in big time, to be honest. Uh, and then with the lions, I looked at timing of when do I think Jamison Williams is going to be on the field and hit some kind of a stride. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of things like that, that it's important to try to get nitty gritty. And of course, you know, we're in May. And so by the time the season starts, a lot will change between now and then guys will get hurt guys will get traded, you know, we'll hear positive news about people, negative news about people, you know, and then, uh, yeah, the season will start and all shit could break loose. People, you know, key guys go on IR or who knows, and you scrap the whole thing, you know, but yeah, for now, that's cool, man. I think we both did a pretty deep dive on this. Uh, okay. So let's go to the AFC North. So, James, why don't you, uh, you know, give me your rundown here, man.
1: All right. So, with the AFC AFC North, okay, I think, uh, you know how they have, like, the flex game on week 18? Yes. I think the Cincinnati-Baltimore game is going to be the flex into the Sunday night on week 18. Okay. Because I have that game settling the division.
0: It's interesting you say that. I got the same thing going on here
1: and i have cincinnati winning that game and winning the division at 13 and 4 okay um cincinnati's issue kind of last year oh and what it boiled down to on that was ultimately cincinnati was at home so that's why i gave cincinnati the edge nice cuz earlier in the year i had them losing to baltimore in baltimore mm-hmm. and so that i just but Cincinnati, they've they're they're making improvements on the offensive line. I like I like what they're doing. Joe Burrow's just going to get better. He's just going to get better and just get better and better and better and better. And so I have them going thirteen thirteen and four. Okay. And which means I have Baltimore going twelve and five. I don't think this whole Lamar Jackson not being at OTAs thing is a huge huge deal. I I mean Lamar Jackson, he'll get his contract. The Ravens yeah. have said. They're going to give him his contract. He's not at OTAs because he doesn't want to want to be there. He wants he doesn't need really necessarily need to be there. He's he's also not at OTAs probably because he's a little frustrated that they traded Hollywood Brown. Yeah, and it is what it is. So I have Baltimore at twelve and five. I should also mention this is the only division that I have every team above five hundred. Oh wow, okay, and. Then I have Cleveland at ten and seven. And what it the beginning of the year, like the first four games, if if Watson is suspended for six games, I think I think the first four games are winnable games for Cleveland, um, and then they kind of get into like a rough stretch. And so having having Watson come come back week 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 seven, that's, that's Seems like about right for where where they're getting into, and then he gets can get his stride. So I have I have Cleveland at ten and seven, and then I made the mistake last year by predicting Pittsburgh to be sub five hundred. And what I learned <laughs> was was don't don't pick Mike Tomlin to go less than five, not not go at a minimum five hundred since you can't go five hundred. I have them at nine and eight, uh, but rounding out the bottom of the division. Okay. I just I wish. I wish there was more good I could say about the, about Pittsburgh, but yeah, I, the quarterback Mitch, Tr- Mitchell Trubisky concerns me. Whoever's <laughs> playing quarterback for them, yeah. plus who who really are they throwing the ball to? They just kind of keep getting rid of rid of everyone. Najee Harris, yeah, he's a good running back, but I don't think they've addressed enough on enough on the offensive line. I think they have a lot of a lot of ground to make up to become the Pittsburgh team we expect them. People I, generally yeah. expect them to be.
0: I agree, uh, and, and James, I'll start at the bottom just to carry on from that. I I'm with you. I got I got Pittsburgh at the bottom. Uh, I put them at five and twelve, and my note is that I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak out a few more wins than this, because Tomlin is a solid coach. But they got to show me that they can get it done, because right now I'm not sure about the quarterback situation. Uh, the wide receiver situation is a little dicey too. Um, and so, you know, when I look at the schedule, I'm seeing five and 12 until they show me they got adequate quarterback play. Tomlin probably will get it out of them, Cause like you're saying, he always does, but that's, that's where I'm at with them for now. Uh, Cleveland, I got up next at eight and nine. And a, a part of that was because of the Watson suspension that I think could be coming, um, and and that's okay. You know, I think they can they can still have a good year at eight and nine, but it's it's not a playoff year in my projections. Uh Baltimore I got them at ten and seven. Uh and it's similar to you, James. I had it coming down to that last game and they lose to Cincinnati. Uh and so Cincinnati I got at eleven and six, which I think is uh a combination of a tough schedule and a combination of maybe a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, but they fight it out hard and they still win the division. So I think it's still solid of a year for them. <clears throat> All right. AFC South, James, what you got?
1: The AFC South is kind of a tale of two teams that are good, two teams that are bad. It's a good way of putting it. <laughs> it's so you have, I'm going to start at the bottom, and you have Jacksonville, I think, is still the worst worst team in this division, and I gave Houston the edge because they showed me a lot of gut and grit last year by winning four, four games, and so I have Jacksonville at 3-14, and 14, which is still better than what they were last year. It's a step in the right direction. Their schedule really didn't do much favors. Oh, they did some favors to them, some not so much favors to them. Like They have to play the AFC West, but they get to play the NFC East. So it's that's where I was, and then I had their, their third win was the last game of the season against Tennessee, which actually gives Indianapolis the division. And the reason I did that is because Jacksonville did it last year. They knocked a the team. This it won't be in this case. It won't be knocking them out of the playoffs, but still, they they spoiled the se- the end of the season for Indianapolis in this. And Indianapolis. And then so I have Houston at 4 and 13 which I have which it seems about right. They won 4 games last year. I don't like the fact that they fired their coach after winning 4 games last year. Yeah. But with that roster, but they have a lot of strides, a lot of strides to make um before they can even be a 6-7 win team. Then I have Tennessee at 11 and 6. Tennessee the league really didn't do them much favors with their schedule in the sense that like they play Buffalo, Vegas, Indianapolis and and that's weeks 2 through 4. Yeah. And then they have they have a stretch where they play Indianapolis, well Houston, Kansas City, Denver, Green Bay, Cincinnati. And it's just Like the league really didn't do them much favors with how they lined their schedule up, and I think they have a rough stretch in there. I couldn't because of this. Tennessee was was one of the best teams in the AFC last year, and they got better. All the other teams in the in the AFC got better too, but I couldn't quite knock them quite out of the playoffs. Yeah, Tom.
0: I I mean, not Tomlin. uh, Vrabel, man, he just always coaches the shit out of that team.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I have Indianapolis at 12 and five, winning the division. Look, I think Matt Ryan's going to win the MVP this year. That'd be awesome. I think I think he's he he's got that fuck you attitude. I'm going to show you. And I, if I remember correctly, they play. No, they don't. I was wrong. It's Tennessee that plays them, isn't it? Yeah, one of the team, one of the teams in the, I thought I thought they played Atlanta, but I I was wrong. Hey, no biggie. I my eyes must have misaligned on something, but I just think I think Matt Ryan has a lot to show. I wish they had more more receiver weapons. Oh, yeah. for him. But I think they, I think he's he's gonna he's gonna come into the season with that fuck you attitude.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, and so for me. Um yeah, we're we're fairly different in this division. I had uh, Tennessee at the top at 10 and 7. And my note for Tennessee is just that if Derrick Henry falters in any way, I could see this being a year that where they struggle to get the double digit wins. Um I think we're seeing some cracks in this roster and Vrabel coaches the heck out of them, but it is a tough schedule. And so they, they've they got to be on it, and they got to be on it all year. Uh, I've got Indy at 9-8, and, and I really wanted them to have some more wins. I just think it's going to be a choppy season when I look at their schedule. Um, and I, I am a little concerned with Matt Ryan. Part of it is the weapons. Part of it is, um, and I don't have the stat in front of me, but I saw just the other day that Uh, Like the past five years, man, he's like towards the top of the list with turnovers, which really blew my mind. I didn't I didn't think of him as a a big turnover, a guy like that. But um, so I I just kind of toned it down a little bit on them. I still thought nine and eight was a good year. But um, in my predictions, they just missed the playoff, which I think would be a problem for Frank Reich. I think they'd they'd be looking at chopping him at some point. But uh, then I got Jacksonville at three and fourteen. And Jacksonville, to me, when I look at Doug Peterson coming in, Trevor Lawrence should get better. Uh, I think they had a pretty solid offseason. I'm not going to say like spectacular lighting in the world on fire, but I think they did good. I think they could have some similarities to what Detroit had last year, where they're in a lot of games. Some of them that you don't even expect. I think that they're going to be competitive but they're just not going to get the wins. And so, you know, I think next year, not this year, next year is the year that I'll really be looking at Jacksonville to take a big step up. I don't think it happens here. Uh, and then I got Houston at 1-16. and 16, And this one killed me, James, because I love the way Davis Mills played last year, and I think he's going to be even better this year. I don't know what the heck it was, man. I just I went through the schedule, and I just, when I compared – their team rating to all of their opponents, it just did not work. It seemed like their only soft games, like Chicago, was at fucking Soldier Field. And so it was like, ah, I just, it, it drove me nuts, man. It drove me nuts. And so I I do believe they're somehow going to do better than this. Uh, I just, I couldn't figure it out. So I, I got them at the bottom here at 1-16.
1: No, it makes total sense. Like, like Houston, I, I just, I had based on last year and how much, how much toughness and, and they played hard, they, man. Yeah. This team showed I couldn't put them at the bottom, and yeah. So I, had, like that, that was one of the ways where I kind of just, I, I had to find wins because I thought I couldn't put them lower than four wins.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, and I. I I guess I just, I was trying hard to not force it, you know, to let my own bias be like, ah, I'm going to just make them win here. And so, um, but no, I, I get it. You know, like your mind is telling you there's a floor and you know, it's just tough. What do you do with that? But, uh, all right, man, AFC West, what do you got there?
1: Okay. This is the division where we are going to be the farthest apart on. Okay. I'm going to start at the bottom of the division. All right, let's hear it. I have Kansas City at eight and nine. Okay. Um, they ha- yeah they have a hard schedule. I I don't like number one. Every team in this division got better besides them. Number two, they have a hard fucking schedule. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's it's brutal how the how. Many good teams they play on this on the schedule, and they have they have a they have, they have, like they have a stretch where they play the Chargers, the the Rams, and Cincinnati.
0: Cincinnati yep. Yeah. Well, then they even a, at and then even at Denver, you know, which yeah, Denver at who Denver. Knows, you know, they have
1: they have a they have a like I mean, they start the season off with at Arizona, the Chargers, at Indianapolis, at Tampa Bay, Vegas, Buffalo. It's like
0: yeah, they can't this, fuck around.
1: Yeah. And i just I don't see how this team didn't get better and how they could be above five hundred this year, especially as hard as their division is okay then i have then I have Denver, and I waffled on this one because I think Denver like i like I've said for a while, Denver's a quarterback away from being a a super bowl contender denver's i i the last two years I've basically been saying that and now they have a good quarterback but the problem is is this year isn't the year for it because they have to play the yeah AFC, some heavy hitters man NFC yeah. NFC West they have to play some heavy the, the entire the entire AFC got better last year or from last year so i have denver at 9 and 8 okay then i have vegas at um Twelve and five. Okay. You know, but they won ten games, eleven games, ten games last year, and they they made the playoffs. It's it's hard for me with adding Devontae Adams, with everything that's going, having the stability, not having not having all these distractions with with Gruden and firing their their head coach. It's hard for me to say Vegas isn't gonna do better than they did last year. Even even though the rest of the AFC got better, I think. Vegas is one of those teams in the AFC that got better and they have less of a distraction. So watch they go two and fifteen, but <laughs> but I have them at twelve and five. Then I have the Chargers winning the division at fourteen and three. Nice. Um, yeah, the ch- Chargers have to play the same hard team as as the ch- same hard teams basically as the Chiefs do. It's just when you look at their schedule, it's. They play more of like they play Denver at home, where the Chiefs have to go to Denver, and they play. Who else? They play Indianapolis at Indianapolis, but they play the Rams at home, where where the Chiefs and Chiefs have the Rams at home as well. But it's just it feels a little bit easier for the okay. Chargers this year than it did, does for for Kansas City. So I have them winning the division at 14-3. And for those that are really paying attention to this, what I'm saying here with my AFC schedule is you have to win a minimum of 11 games to make the playoffs this year in the AFC. Yeah.
0: You know, James, it's interesting you say that. And so, when I look at mine, I actually had this being the toughest division in the AFC. I got three teams winning 11 games or more. And I think it's because it's gonna be that competitive and all these teams have high end quarterbacks, I think that they can all find a way to get those wins because they they know they gotta win every freaking game or it can mm. get out of hand quickly. Uh and so I got the Chargers at the top at thirteen and four. Wow. Super, I'm super high on the Chargers, man. Super high. I love what they did this year in the offseason bringing in Khalil Mack, uh signing JC Jackson. Um man, I, I, you know, I just I think I think that, that defense is going to give them the boost they need where they're going to be one of the top teams this year and I'm excited to see what happens with them. Uh I've got Kansas City winning the tiebreaker for second place. And uh, my note for them, James, is that uh, I'm actually trying to temper my expectations. Because I could see them losing a couple more games than this. Uh, but I just, um, I guess I had to put some faith in Mahomes, and Andy Reid. I think that they just, they know how to win, man. And, you know, you go back Andy Reid all his time in Philly. He always found ways to win, man. And, and now he's got Mahomes. I know they're losing Tyreek Hill. Um, but, I, you know, I'm just going to give him some faith, and we'll see what happens. Uh, after that, I got Denver also at 11-6, and six, which I kind of felt like was a little strong for the first year of a new crew on a team, basically. You know, new head coach, new quarterback. Um, but I also think Russell Wilson, he's one of these top competitor guys in the league. And he's going to fight tooth and nail to get these wins. Uh, and and I do believe, like you were saying, that that this was a team that was a quarterback away from getting it done. And so I think they're going to get it done, and they'll get in the playoffs. Uh, and then I got the Raiders at 9-8, and eight, which I know, you know, I mean, man, James, I've been reading all week about how everybody's high on the Raiders. And maybe I should be more high on the Raiders. I guess I just... Um, <sighs> something about McDaniels bugs me, man. I don't know. I just, I, I I guess I need to see him succeed as a head coach before I believe it. And uh, it can absolutely happen because, like you said, the Raiders won more games last year with all sorts of distractions, all sorts of shit going down. They have, you know, Devontae Adams this year. Um, I don't know. I need to see him do it for me, and then maybe I'll, I'll come around to Josh McDaniels. That's all I'm saying.
1: So, which makes sense. Like, I just, I was a little bit lower on on Kansas City than, than you. Basically. Yeah. No, I, I, was, it, surprised, I was surprised. I surprised how ultimately close we really were because I could see Kansas City winning more games. I could see Denver winning more games. It's just I couldn't I couldn't pick them to win based on what I was what Oh I yeah, and
0: and I could see that flip with Kansas city and the Raiders where the order is the other way around, because, you know, it does seem like the arrow is is pointing up for the Raiders and it's Mm -hmm. pointing down for the chiefs. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Hey, I I guess I, that's this, that's my problem. I I got an issue with McDaniels and for whatever reason, you know, part of this too, is that this is just where the, the team ratings came out for me. And so a lot of my biasness or however you say it, it kind of gets stripped out when I do that anyhow. And so it, um, you know, I might've like fine toothed one or two games against them, but it wouldn't have been that drastic, but that's all right. Um, all right, man, NFC East, what you got there. All right.
1: So I have, this as once again, the worst division in football. Um, I have Dallas winning the division at 10 and seven. And I w- I wanted to give Dallas more wins, but I couldn't find them. Okay. Like I feel like Dallas. I'm sorry. I, I feel like I wanted to give them more wins. I also did. This was this was my surprise because looking at everything on paper, before I started predicting the games, I thought Philadelphia was going to win this division.
0: They had a heck of an off season.
1: And then once I got got into into the weeds on it, I. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I just Dallas kept coming up, and I was like, "Damn!" And I have Philadelphia at, at second in this division, and I have them at seven and ten. And the re- reason why I have them at seven and ten is because they have some some hard games, and one of the games they ha- they have some hard teams that they play, and like like you said, like some of their easy teams, like Chicago's at Chicago.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's not then doing I, him many favors.
1: Yeah, then I have Washington at four and um four and thirteen. Okay. But I don't think I think Washington has a chance to start start the year out at zero and ten. Based oh, on the shit. based on the schedule. Okay. I'm not I'm not I'm not a a Wentz fan anymore. Yeah. I. I I'm off that bandwagon and it's just like I have them winning the bulk of their games later in the season, especially when they especially when they play the team I have at three and fourteen, which is the Giants. I have like that's half of Washington's wins that are against the Giants.
0: Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were pretty far off on this one. Um, and so, uh, I mean, I would say with Dallas, we were, we were close. I had Dallas at 11 and six and, um, I kind of felt like it seemed right for them, but I could also see them falling short, which is just cause I don't have a whole lot of faith in McCarthy. Um, I had Washington at 10 and seven. And so this is obviously where we have some big difference here. Uh, and, and I I'm I have no doubt I'm higher than most people on Washington. Uh, I was higher than most people on him last year uh, because I thought Fitzpatrick was going to do well there. Um, and obviously he got hurt. It didn't work out. and It was just a fucking disaster. But, um, you know, I, I feel like Wentz last year statistically had a good year, even though it didn't work out in Indianapolis. As the season went on, he proved that he could actually play good football. And I think if he does that here, he's got a good roster, he's got a good coach uh I think they can find ways to get wins, and I think part of it is because they're in an easier division and so um, I think that worked in their favor a little bit after that, I got Philly at nine and eight, and um i you know, I liked that you had him at seven and ten to be honest, because at nine and eight, I already felt like I was dogging him big time I mean we talked about. They got five primetime games like everybody and their mom is calling for Philly to be like a frickin powerhouse team this year. I think they're going to be significantly improved, but I'm I'm just not anywhere near as high as other people are, at least not yet. I think they're going to be I think especially as the season goes on, they're going to get better and better and better. But we got to remember they got a lot of new pieces, and Jalen Hurts is still working his way there. And so uh, I think nine and eight would be a really good year for them. I just have a hard time going any higher than that. Uh, and then at the bottom, I was right there with you. I got the Giants at three and fourteen. I don't really know what to say with the Giants, man. I just think these guys are going to suck it up. And I mean, we, we've talked a lot about the Giants. I don't know, dude. I just think this team's a disaster. I like the Thibodeau pick. But I, they got a they got a lot of work to do, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so that takes us to the NFC North, James. I'm I'm sure you've just been <laughs> chomping at the bit to do this one.
1: All right. So I have Green Bay winning this division, no surprise. Yeah. At 12 and five. Nice. Um. You talk about teams that the league didn't do any favors to. And then you talk about teams that the league did a lot of favors to. (laughs) And Green Bay is one of those teams. Absolutely. So their Tampa Bay game is between Chicago and New England. Okay, hard game number one, week three. Their Buffalo game is between Washington and Detroit. Then they have a couple hard games in a row, Dallas and Tennessee. And then they have a bye and they play the Rams. Yeah. It's the league did a lot of favors to Green Bay. And while I still have them losing to the Rams, I still think they're they're going to end up 12 and 5. One of those is is I think they're going to lose to Detroit last game of the year. Okay. Um it's just it's just a gut feeling on that. Sure. That's that's all that is. It's it's not based on anything but a gut feeling. And plus the fact that I had Detroit eight and eight going into that game. And if they win the game, they make the playoffs. Gotcha. So I have Detroit number two at nine and eight. Um they have some brutal stretches. Some some interesting stretches during the season, especially right after the, the bye, where they play Dallas, Miami, Green Bay, and and then. But their other hard games are kind of sandwiched between, like like in Thanksgiving they play Buffalo, but the week bef- week before they play the Giants, the week after they play the the Jaguars. Yep. So there's there's some favors done in there, and I just think I tried. I tried to temper my excitement on Detroit, <laughs> and we had talked about it. I glanced at first 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 rip on the schedule, just looking at Detroit's schedule in isolation, I had them between eight and ten wins, and you had them between seven it was it seven and nine? Yep so i think I think the league did them some favors with the schedule to get them into the playoffs. Third in the division, which surprised me. This one surprised me a whole hell of a lot. I have Chicago Damn. at seven and ten. Okay. And this I don't I don't know what it was about how their schedule lined up, but like they're like they're hard, 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 hard games. Let's I mean non-division games. Yeah, they start off with San Francisco. Obviously, that's gonna be a loss. But then you look at, look at the schedule, and then – so they play Philadelphia coming off their bye. And Philadelphia that week is coming off the Giants game, which is a, an emotional game. And they play Dallas. So it's sandwiched between division matchups for, for Philadelphia. And it's just – and then they play Buffalo, Detroit, and finish with Minnesota. And I just that last game of the year is what put um put Chicago third in division. They're home against Minnesota. So I have them winning that game. Okay. Finishing seven and ten. And then I have Minnesota finishing six and eleven. And this is this is the flip side where where they have they have a couple hard stretch Minnesota has a couple hard stretches in the season. Like Detroit has the hard stretch. Minnesota has a couple hard stretches in the season, in the middle of the season. Uh, and it's just, that's why I have them at, at six, six and 10. Okay. Or six and 11. Sorry.
0: All right. Yeah. So we had some differences here, too. And that's fine. I mean, that's why we do this. Everybody's got a, a different look at it. But uh, we started identical. I had Green Bay at 12 and 5, winning the division. I thought the schedule worked really well for them. Uh, And it gives them time to work out some of those kinks in the wide receiver room, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, But then I got Minnesota at 10 and seven and I'm excited for Minnesota, James. I think it's a dicey prediction because you got a a rookie head coach. Um, But I think he's going to keep that offense humming, which Mm -hmm. has all the pieces to be a really good offense. I mean, they've been a really good offense, um, you know, pretty much ever since Justin Jefferson showed up. That, like, really completed that offense for him. Um, but I I like what they did on the defensive side of the ball in the offseason. And I think that's going to help boost this team. Um, you know, and, and when I was looking at this team, it kind of reminded me of how I felt about the Chargers last year and I know they fell short at the very end, but it was still a very successful year for them. I think that's what's gonna happen here in Minnesota. After that, I got the the Lions at nine and eight. So we were in alignment there on the record, um, and you're right, I did have them between seven and nine wins. When I went through this, I put them at the top of the range. Maybe I'm drinking a little bit of the Kool-Aid, James, but it just felt right, all right? So I did it, I'm taking no, I... the
1: high end for now. Yeah, I mean, I, you did it too. I, I agree I don't. with you. I, I didn't. I put them. I ended up putting them right in the middle. Yeah, right in the but, middle
0: for years, Yeah.
1: But it's like you look. You look at the schedule, <laughs> and for us, for you and I, and those out there, we did not talk about no. talk about this before we came up with with our once we had our our final final um, win loss totals is the first time we talked talked anything about it, and. For both you and I, we're probably, we probably differ where the games we think they could win are. Yeah. But it's still, for us to come up with the same win total says something.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we were wildly off the last time we did this. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I think that, that it makes me feel good about the Lions. The The thing that's a little bit of a kick in the nuts for me is that when I did this, James, they lost – a tiebreaker for the last wild card spot, and so in mine at nine and eight they just missed the playoffs. And so, who'd you,
1: who'd you have them losing the tiebreaker to? I,
0: I I'm still blown away that this happened, but I had them losing the tiebreaker to Arizona.
1: We'll get to it, but that's the team I have <laughs> right behind the Lions.
0: Okay, so shit, man, yeah, we were we were closer than I guess what I'm thinking, but um all right and so then at the bottom of the nfc north i had the bears and i think the bears implode this year i got them at three and 14 i don't think they did shit for favors to justin fields um you know you got a new regime in there i just don't think that they're going to be good man i think that they'll get a couple of wins at soldier field but i i just man i i don't know i I have a bad feeling about the Bears this year. They're not a defensive team anymore, and they really didn't give Fields a lot of weapons on offense. And so I just, there's not, to me, there's nothing to feel confident in with this team. And so, you know, maybe Fields gets on the field and he takes a huge step up and just starts lighting people up. And, and then I I totally got to change my tune. But for now, I I just can't, I don't see any of it, man. Um, All right, so NFC South, what you got, man?
1: All right. This, and the weird thing is, is my NFC South kind of surprised me a little bit. I'm gonna start at the bottom because at the top is what surprised me. Okay. At last in the in, in the NFC South, I have Carolina at three and fourteen. I don't I just don't like the off season the Carolinas have. Yeah, they need a quarterback. They, they need, <laughs> exactly words <laughs> out of my mouth. They yeah. need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. They can't rely on
0: quarterback.
1: Um, Grandpa Jones. Um,
0: <laughs> it's gonna be Darnold unless they make a move.
1: Yeah, and it's just I. And on top of that, they kind of have a rough schedule. Yeah, I mean they they have to play at Cincinnati. They have to play at ba- at Baltimore. They have to play. At ten, or Tampa Bay, though they have to play at, at at Los Angeles. That's the one I was looking for. And then I saw Tampa Bay, and so they have to play at Los Angeles. They have to play at Cincinnati, and they have to play at Baltimore. It's just their schedule is is rough. Yeah. All right. Third in the division, I have the Atlanta Falcons. I have them at 6 and 11. Okay. that's because I like, I kind of like what Atlanta has been doing. They're like, yeah, they traded away Matt Ryan, but I'm hearing good things about Marcus Mariota down there.
0: Okay.
1: Good things about him. And so I put them at 6 and 11. And when I looked at it, at, at the top two in the division, you know, honestly it's It's a hard decision to make you have a, you have two new head coaches you have a gunslinger quarterback that kind of is gets careless of the ball and you have uh you have old ass Tom Brady <laughs> and so I initially thought that New Orleans had I had a chance, and I, I have them with a chance to win this division. But I have New Orleans second in the division at 10 and 7. Okay. And what the kicker was for me is they have, have a really rough week six through 13, where they play. Cincinnati, Arizona, Vegas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, the Rams, San Francisco, and Tampa Bay. And that stretches what kind of concerns me with with New Orleans this year. Okay. So I have that I I have them finishing the season at 10 and 7. And then I have Tampa Bay winning the division at 12 and 5. They have similar teams on their roster but it's kind of like spread out a little little bit. They have have like a rough like middle end of the season, but it's cut after it's after their bye when they'll be refreshed where where New Orleans that rough stretch is going into their bye. Yep. So, I have Tampa Bay at 12 and 5.
0: All right. Well, you're going to think I'm a bit of a homer here, but I uh I put Tampa Bay at 15 and two. I got them as my top team and I, um,
1: I could see it. Like I'm, I'm not going to yeah. knock that. I could, I could definitely see that.
0: It, you know, my, my whole, I guess, I guess I'm, you know, when you put a big record out like this, there's you got to be concerned with doing it, but it's uh, first off, it's, you know, if Brady's arm doesn't fall off a cliff, It just feels like this would be the last hurrah. He's just Mm going to go out and light up as many people as he can. Um, But his arm could fall off a cliff because we see that happen. Like all these great quarterbacks, it happens to him. It happened to Breeze. It happened to Peyton Manning. It just happened last year to Roethlisberger. And when it happens, man, it is ugly. And so if it happens, this prediction just gets blown to shit. Uh, the second risk is that it's obviously Todd Bowles is the head coach now. Uh, I like him as a head coach. It's just that you've got a new coach, and so you know there's some risk there. But I put him at 15 and two. I'm I'm going with the last hurrah, and you know it was a little bit wild, but I I felt like having fun with it. Uh, it at number two, I got the Saints at nine and eight, and I would like to see them do better than this. I like that you had them at 10 and 7. I I just, it's like, when I look at the second half of the schedule for them, man, it just looks brutal. And so uh, I would love it if they could get to double-digit wins. Uh, I like the Saints roster. Uh, I just think they got an uphill battle with the schedule. Uh, Carolina, I've got third. I've got them at 4 and 13. And I had them getting kind of like a couple sneaky wins in the first part of the year, which kind of seems to be the M.O. for Matt Rule. Uh, But I I just don't see them really doing anything good this year without a quarterback. Basically, they're banking on McCaffrey staying healthy and carrying them. And I'm already hearing things about them putting McCaffrey on a, uh, a, you know, sort of like a snap count and sharing the load and trying to keep him healthy. And I don't know, man, I just I, I don't. Feel good about anything in Carolina, uh, and then I got it laying at the bottom at three and fourteen. I I like what you're saying about Mariota, and as the season gets closer, maybe I'll warm up to it. I just man, I look at their roster, and it just um, to me, it is the uh, maybe the second or third worst roster in the league from a talent standpoint and so i just i don't know man it, it it's going to be hard for them to get wins but uh mariota i mean hey you know we've heard some positive stuff on him in recent years and you know back like potentially there was like people trying to trade for him when he was with the raiders and it's like you know that that bodes well i just um i'm putting some pause on it until i i guess hear a little bit more uh okay so last up here we got the nfc west james
1: Yes we do. <laughs> yes we do. So the NFC West surprised me because I thought I thought these records would be better, but like yeah. the schedules are are kinda rough. I don't I don't know what it is. Alright, so winning the division and the number one seed in the NFC, I have the Rams. Okay. I have the Rams going thirteen and four. This is one of those where there's like a couple games where obviously I have to find a loss on <laughs> somewhere. And yeah. like, so they ended up 13 and 4. It's just how it played out. As the team that actually wins a tiebreaker over the Lions, but the Lions still make the playoffs, and I'll get to that in a second, you have San Francisco at 9 and 8. Okay. Um I'd like San Francisco. I I'm frustrated with San Francisco, but I like San Francisco. I, I
0: think just, it's I've, dicey with San Francisco is, until is, we know is what happens with Lance and, and Jimmy G.
1: Yeah. yeah. I know. I and I agree. Then I have Arizona and I have them in a three-way tie with the Lions as well but missing the playoffs (laughs) okay and and so basically what happened here is it was I think it was a common games is what it went down to okay for for it and Detroit had slightly better common games San Francisco won the initial tie tiebreaker because you do the within division tiebreaker first to get it yeah. down to t- teams and whatever. Um, I have Arizona at nine and eight. Um, I wanted to put them at eight and nine. I wanted to put them at seven. I wanted to put them at two and fifteen because <laughs> I just yeah yeah I have a lot of concerns about about Kyler Murray.
0: Well, and Hopkins is out the first six games, and exactly. so when. So when mine came up at nine and eight, I thought, man, how is this even happening? And so, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I scrutinized it pretty good, but it just, it's where it landed, man, on, on mine, anyhow, you know.
1: Yeah, but and and the league and the thing about it is, is Hopkins is out the first six games, but the league kind of did him a favor by having, having three of their toughest, toughest, say half their toughest games. If you say they have six tough, really super tough games. Three of them are in the first six weeks when you don't have. So I think the league did them a little bit of a favor there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not something that was considered and whatever. I just I don't I'm not sold on Kyler Murray as being a, as being an elite uh, NFL quarterback. I got you. And here's the one that surprised me. It surprised me a whole hell of a lot. And it's because they have Drew Locke as their quarterback. <laughs> it's, it's Seattle. I really think they win only three games this year. Okay. And I, I went back through it. I went back through it four times, and I couldn't find more than three wins on this on the schedule for them. Gotcha. Because I'm not, because we all know who Drew Lock is. Yeah, not yeah. an NFL quarterback. He's I, a wild they probably, card. They they probably could win four games with me at quarterback over Drew Lock. Oh jeez. Uh, all right.
0: Uh, all right. So at the top, I got the Rams at 12 and five. Um, and uh, you know, like you were kind of saying, you had to like sort of fabricate some losses for them for me it wasn't as hard to do because i when i looked at them i looked at it as once you're the top dog it's harder than a lot of people think to stay up there you know because everybody's gunning for you when you're the top dog and so i kind of thought you know because of that i've dropped them down a little bit and it just kind of fell into place but uh In second place for the division, I got Arizona at 9 and 8. And they they won a tiebreaker over San Francisco, who I also have, at 9 and 8. And so, James, we had a similar dynamic with the Lions and these teams. It just went the other way. And so Arizona in mine, uh, so beating San Francisco and then the tiebreaker with the Lions was that they won against more common opponents and so that's how they got it over the lions.
1: Which Um, I had the opposite.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And and dude, I had to like go digging (laughs) through all the tiebreaker rules and I was like, oh my God, it's getting complicated. For one of them there was a four team tie. I was like, holy shit, how am I going to figure this out? Uh it was it was fun though. It was fun to do. Um and then at the bottom, I've got Seattle at four and thirteen. And so As much as I like Pete Carroll, I'm with you, James. I I don't trust Drew Locke. Even though I believe they're putting him in a great position with those wide receivers, uh, with the running backs that they have, I'm just worried because this isn't like the old school Seahawks that can win with defense in a running game. The defense isn't really there anymore. And so I... I think they can outperform four and thirteen, but I just couldn't find it in the schedule right now. So I'm with you, man. I'm you know, mm-hmm. you were three and fourteen, I'm four and thirteen. We're pretty close. They're gonna be they're gonna be low unless they can pull something out of their, you know what. Exactly. Um, well shit, that was fun, man. All right. So you wanna switch it over and go into the playoffs? I'm down. All right, let's do it, man. So why don't you run me through uh, your AFC wild card matchups?
1: So I have the Chargers and the Titans, the Bengals and the Ravens, the Raiders and the Colts. Okay. Well, it pains me to say I have the Colts losing to the Raiders. I just think the Raiders are just that slightly better. I have them at... at Identical records, and because the Colts are our division winner, the Colts are the home team, but I think the Raiders win that game. Gotcha. Bengals, Bengals and Ravens, I mean, they're playing two weeks in a row. Yeah, I have Cincinnati beating them, and it's hard to beat the team, I, 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 the same team, two weeks in a row. I just think Cincinnati's that much better than than Baltimore. So I have Cincinnati beating beating the Ravens. And then I have the Chargers beating the Titans. I mean, the Chargers. We'll we'll get to it to it in a little bit, but Chargers started out with one of my possible dark horse Super Bowl candidates last year. Yeah. And I thought they, I thought they got better this off season. That should tell you what I think. Of, but I have them beating the Titans, and pretty handily beating the Titans.
0: Okay. Yeah, so for the AFC wild card, I had uh, at the 2, I had the Chargers against the Broncos at 7. And I had the Chargers winning that one. Uh, and then I had at 3, I had Cincinnati playing Kansas City as the 6 seed. And I had Kansas City upsetting winning that one. Uh, and then I had the number 4, uh, Tennessee Titans against the number five New England Patriots. And the Titans won that one, which the Patriots, they were in another one of these weird tiebreaker deals, which is somehow how they got to five. But, uh, but either way, I had Tennessee beating them there. Um, so who'd you have on the NFC side for the wild card?
1: So I had the Bucs uh, as the two seed against the Lions as the seven seed. And let I me mean, come on. Yeah, Lions he, don't win playoff games. Box. <laughs> um, Not yet.
0: Ha- Not yet, James. Not yet.
1: I had the three seed with a tiebreaker, which is the the reason why Tampa Bay got the two seed versus Green Bay is because they play each other, and I had Tampa Bay winning that game. Okay. Um. So Green Bay's the three seed playing the six seed, the 49ers. Green Bay can't beat the 49ers in the playoffs. 49ers win.
0: Oh, gotcha. All right
1: then I had the Cowboys playing the Saints. I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on this one. I think this is going to be a really entertaining playoff game. But I think the Cowboys just, I had to give them the edge because they're at home. Okay.
0: All right. So, yeah, it, it, uh, the two spot, I had the Packers play in Arizona as the seven. And Green Bay won that one. And then I had the Rams as the three playing the Vikings as the six. And I had the Rams winning that one. Uh, And then I had the four being the Cowboys playing the Washington Commanders as the five. And I had Dallas winning that one. Uh, Okay, so let's go to the divisional round. Give me your AFC there.
1: All right, so that leaves because the Raiders were the five. And they're they're the lowest seed remaining. They play the Bills. Bills. Just steam steamroll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the Bills win uh, pretty handily. Then, so that leaves the Chargers and the Bengals. And the Chargers and the Bengals go. This, I I. I like this game. This is this is probably divisional weekend. This is probably the best game that weekend. And I I give the Chargers just a slight edge. Okay.
0: All right. So uh, I had Buffalo against Kansas City as my first matchup. And I had Buffalo winning that one. And then I had the Chargers against the Titans. And I had the Chargers winning that one. And so we've got Buffalo and the Chargers uh, both as our AFC winners there. Who'd you have for the NFC?
1: Alright, so I have the 49ers against the Rams, and I just said Chargers-Bengals is probably the most entertaining game of Divisional Run weekend. This is probably the second second best game of the weekend, and I get, give the edge to the Rams So I have the Rams winning there. Then I had the Cowboys and the Bucks. I did not know how to pick this game.
0: (laughs) Week one all over again now in the playoffs. Week
1: one all over again. I think I think week one Dallas loses to Tampa Bay. I think Dallas beats Tampa Bay here and makes it to the NFC championship game.
0: Those good teams, man. They rotate wins. Okay. Well, I had uh, I had the Buccaneers against the Cowboys here as well. I had the Cowboys. I sorry, not the Cowboys. I had the Buccaneers to win, uh, and then I had the Packers against the Rams. Uh, and I actually had the fucking Packers to win, which blew my mind. I had to like fucking double triple check it. Um, but part of it. Is Honestly, as I looked at the Packers, I really feel like their defense is going to get even better and better as the season goes on. Uh, I like what they did in the draft, and I think that that could finally get them over this playoff hump. And so um, I was a little shocked, but it, it, it jived in my model. And so I got Tampa Bay as a winner, and I got Green Bay as the other winner. Uh, and so then let's go to the, the conference championship. So you got Buffalo and Los Angeles. Who'd you have winning that one, James? Dude,
1: this is, this game is going to be a fucking phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal.
0: AFC you you state it like it's fact. Like it's, it's phenomenal. just going to happen. Yeah.
1: Like, like fucking, fucking a, like this game's, <laughs> this game's going to, going to come down to like a last second field goal in overtime. Okay. In like the third overtime. (laughs) And I kept going back and forth and back and forth on this one. I love both these teams. These these are my two best teams in the entire NFL this season. Or two of my top three. These top three teams in the NFL this season. And I'm going to go with... Buffalo over the Chargers, just barely. Okay. All right.
0: Um... All right. So I, I had uh, I had Buffalo over the Chargers here, and um, yeah, I think that'd be a hell of a matchup. Uh, so for the NFC, who'd you have there?
1: I have the Rams beating the shit out of the Cowboys. <laughs> nice like, as they should like 45 to 15
0: yeah i mean the cowboys they were a disaster last year so yeah it should happen uh okay so that has um so you got you got buffalo against los angeles in the super bowl yeah i got uh i had tampa bay beating green bay in my nfc conference championship so i got buffalo against Tampa Bay. Uh, And so, you know, are you sticking with where you were at when we were talking before, James? Who do you got here?
1: I can't go back on. Nothing has happened yet this offseason for me to go back on what I said after the Rams won the Super Bowl. They're running it back and winning back-to-back Super Bowls.
0: Do you think the Rams are, are doubling up? Okay. Yep. Uh, so, all right. I, I picked Buffalo over Tampa Bay. I think this is Buffalo's year, man. I think they're going to, like I said earlier, I think they're coming back with a vengeance and they're just going to be looking to just destroy people. I think they, I think, yeah,
1: that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, I just, I kept going, this one, I mean, I have it as a virtual pie, so.
0: Yeah. And I mean, any of these teams, geez, you never know. And who knows? I mean, freaking Josh Allen could break his leg and it might not even matter. But um, I I love Buffalo's defense and Mm -hmm. I think their offense is just insanely electric. And so, you know, I kind of thought, man, if, if the goat gets there again, he's so cool in the Super Bowl, you know, maybe he pulls it off. But I just had I just had Buffalo getting the edge, and so um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. So all right, so you got the Rams going back to back. I got Buffalo finally getting one. Um, and yeah, hey, we got you know a couple months to see if we change our minds. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that was going to be question of the week was who was your Super Bowl pick. So I guess we we covered that. <laughs> I was gonna pause there, james, but I was just so damn excited we had to go for it um all right cool um so yeah for next week i was I was looking ahead and this time last year we did trades we still think should happen so does that sound like a good topic for you or you want to think about it
1: yeah, I think that topic works for me okay okay cool a couple couple came to mind instantly, so
0: ah well then I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, okay, good stuff. Well, yeah, so for anybody who's watching, we hope you liked the show. If you did, hit us up with a thumbs up or a like or whatever platform you're on. Uh, but more importantly, shoot us some comments. Tell us what you thought. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, what you thought was cool or whatever. I don't know. Just engage with us. Uh, and if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Uh, James, like always, man, it was a good time, dude. I will talk to you soon.
1: Sounds good. Have it going. All right. See ya. Gridiron Grinder. Hut hut
0: hike.